We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Thanks to Tom Susi of the Susi Report for joining us at 1133. Tom, reflecting on some of the headline crime stories in Columbus that you will not read about on mainstream media sites. Uh, you can read about them, though, at thesusireport.com. And Tom also joining me in head-scratching skepticism over the fact that Mayor Andrew Ginther now for the third time in seven months has gone to the crime-ridden city of Detroit to find somebody to help, I said help, Columbus diminish its own escalating crime. First it was Police Chief Elaine Bryant, then it was friend of Elaine Bryant, Lashana Potts, hired as Assistant Chief of Police. Now it is Jacqueline Hendricks-Moore, who has been chosen as the city's first Inspector General. She will oversee investigations into allegations of misconduct by city police. Is anyone overseeing investigations into allegations of continued hiring of people from the same circle into Columbus at astronomical rates of pay and financing of departments at $1 million that didn't previously exist? Is anyone investigating that, perhaps? Would that be a judicious use of someone's investigative talents. I would vote yes on that. Andy Ginther probably would be a no. So would Shannon Harden. So would Zach Klein. Uh, Jeff Zucker is no longer the head of CNN. He resigned this morning. He was caught in the network's investigation of Chris Cuomo, who was sacked himself for violating every single possible journalistic tenet in the way that Chris Cuomo covered his brother Andrew Cuomo during multiple scandals involving Andrew Cuomo as governor of New York. Now it appears that the reason given by Jeff Zucker for his resignation, a relationship with one of CNN's publicists named Allison Gollust, that he says he did not disclose when it first began, Uh, may actually have begun long before they are acknowledging that it began. Uh, Brian Stelter, Mr. Potato Head, media watchdog, supposedly, more like lapdog at CNN, uh, says that the relationship between Zucker and Gollust recently, recently became... He's quoting, Stelter is quoting Gollust, saying this, Jeff and I have been close friends and professional partners for over 20 years. Recently, our relationship changed during COVID. 
I regret we didn't disclose it at the right time. So during COVID, okay, so this would be from March of 2020. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at a story from the Daily Mail. Headlined, well, first let me give you the date. April 15th, 2017. Hmm. And the headline says, Two top CNN executives get in heated public debate during top Manhattan media party. Jeff Zucker and Allison Gallus were seen arguing at a party on Thursday, 2017, not 2020. Seems like that was a lover's quarrel. Uh, Interesting, interesting. Uh, So other media outlets have pictures of the two of them seated at ball games. Uh, far in advance of the pandemic in March of 2020. So, mm, imagine. I know, scandalous, right? Imagine CNN not telling the truth. (laughs) Oh, my. So, Zucker is out. And, hey, like always, like going from Andrew Cuomo to Kathy Hochul, uh, like going from Chris Cuomo to whoever has replaced him. What, Don Lemon? Who Don had his own show. Would they give Don another hour? I haven't been able to bring myself to watch. The replacement's always worse than the original. So they'll get somebody even more partisan, even more enslaved to hackery to replace Jeff Zucker. Of that, I have no doubt. Now, as we were talking with Tom Susie at 1133, we brought up the name of a local attorney, Diane Manashi. She has represented some people that I know they're entitled to a fair trial. But I find her clientele to be you know, personally objectionable. I would not be able to represent someone who raped and murdered an innocent Ohio State student named Reagan Tokes. She did. Nor would I want to represent the person who fatally shot two Westerville police officers in 2018. She also represented that person. Now she's representing somebody who other people would say is uh, equally egregious. She is one of the two attorneys defending uh, Dr. William Husel, who was originally accused of committing 25 counts of murder as a doctor at Mount Carmel by administering fentanyl and high doses, pain-killing medications in high doses to people who were lingering uh, in the, in most of them were lingering in the later stages of life. Now, I will say that from the beginning, I have been somewhat skeptical of the dominant media narrative on William Husel for two reasons. Number one, I know someone who was working at Mount Carmel at the time and knew of Dr. Husel and the allegations against him. And number two, my own father had a catastrophic health event late in his, uh, late in his, well, I mean, it was the night before he died. He had a catastrophic health event that put him in intense pain. We were told early on that there was no hope that he would survive this catastrophic event. And we were at peace with that because everything that we had needed to say had already been said. And we knew he was ready to pass into heaven 
and meet his Savior, and he spent his final waking minutes witnessing to the doctor, uh, which was amazing to witness uh, myself in the ER at Ohio State. And I said to the attending physician when they were awkwardly trying to basically tell me, hey, look, your dad's not going to make it. And I stopped the doctor and I said, I know what's going to happen. And I'm fine with it. There's nothing left unsaid between my father and I. There's nothing left unsaid between any of us in our family and our dad. Or between my dad and my mom. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said this to the doctor. I said, I want you to make him as comfortable as possible because he was in excruciating pain. And if that causes him to become unconscious so I can't interact with him, or if it causes him to pass away a few hours before he otherwise would, that's fine. That's fine. I do not want my dad in excruciating pain in his final hours. And so when I heard of Dr. Husel and I talked to this person who worked with him at Mount Carmel, I do not know if his medical orders are a, an egregious violation of medical protocol. I do not know. But I do believe there's an issue to be litigated here. And that is what they're getting ready to do. They are going to have Today, a group of 325 potential jurors, supposed to be today, tomorrow, and Friday. I doubt the Thursday and Friday thing will happen if the weather materializes as such. They're hoping to get from 325 down to 70. They want a jury pool of 70. They want to start the jury selection process where they question them. What do you know about the case? Have you ever had somebody who was, you know, died in a medical malpractice incident? What's your feeling toward doctors? Blah, blah, blah. You, ever, you have a fentanyl addict in your family? They're going to ask all those questions. So they're trying to get it from 325 down to a possible pool of 70, and then they're going to go from a pool of 70, and they hope to get 12 jurors and six alternates, and they want to start the trial by February the 22nd. Now, they've already, it's notable, they've already dismissed 11 of the 25 original murder counts, and this has been controversial because it has led to a number of original attorneys on the case leaving the case, some of them by blatantly saying, hey, I don't like what, I don't like what you're doing here. One of them was Chelsea Capazuti was an assistant prosecutor. Of course, Ron O'Brien, Republican, was the city prosecutor when the Husel case came to light. Now, Gary Tyak, Democrat, is the prosecutor. Chelsea Capazuti didn't care for the dismissal of the charges. She said in a letter of resignation, decisions you have made and plan to soon implement have put me in a position that I believe will violate the very ethics I swore I would uphold. So she resigned. And there have been other turnover among the prosecution team. Now, they'll have they'll have an ardent prosecution team, I am sure. And then this uh, Diane Menashe, who is a habit of representing complete and total scum, uh, will team with Jose Baez, who a lot of people would say have a, has a habit of, uh, of uh, representing complete and total scum himself. He was the attorney who got Casey Anthony acquitted of the murder of her daughter, Kaylee. She was the little girl in Florida who went missing. Casey Anthony's off on a party binge. 
gets a tattoo and all kinds of stuff, does not react at all the way you would think a mother whose young daughter is missing would behave. Jose Baez, at the, in the opening statement of the trial, raised the idea that Casey Anthony's father had sexually abused her and that he was going to pin the crime on the father, and then he never brought it up again at trial, never once brought it up again. So there were a lot of people who had a problem with Jose Baez, but his job is to get his client exonerated, and he got his client exonerated. So we will see what happens in the case of William Husel, but that gives you a little bit of an idea of the timetable on it as far as jury selection and who the particulars are uh, on the defense side and on the prosecution side. Bruce Hooley show on The Answer, and Columbus City Schools has big plans. They have a initiative in place to build 19 new schools in the next 20 years. 19 new schools. Uh, my math tells me that's almost two a year. Six new high schools, six new middle schools, seven elementary schools. Uh, they are going to apparently be replacing some schools because uh, some of them will be taken out of commission. I suppose they're too old to be saved. Maybe they have asbestos or lead paint or all that kind of stuff. Uh, Columbus is a growing city. But I'm not sure that Columbus City Schools is growing to that extent. I'm not going to quarrel with their numbers. Projected timeline includes the plan being approved in June with an issue on the ballot for November. Oh, boy. Yes. You can't build these things for free, you know. First new school building would open in August of 2026. Total plan completed 20 years hence. Now, this kind of intersects with our major story of the day, which is crime and Columbus Police. Columbus Police Chief Elaine Bryant came from Detroit. Columbus Assistant Police Chief Lashana Potts came from Detroit. Now the new Inspector General, who will investigate police, is also coming from Detroit. They announced her today, Jacqueline Hendricks Moore. Cops and schools used to be a thing. They call them school resource officers, but it's police officers in schools to keep the peace. Well, then, of course, that was before we knew how evil police are, and that was before we knew how triggered young people get when they see an officer in uniform, or so we were told, in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots. So, of course, doing what public schools do, reacting in a uh, very knee-jerk, how-can-we-please-the-loudest-complainers-the-fastest fashion, Columbus City Schools, Worthington, and some other schools said, oh, we got to get all those evil bad cops out of here. Because it turns out they're not preventing fights. They're here, and they make all our kids so anxious and angst-ridden, they just see a cop and start fighting. Or they see a cop and think, well, I guess I'll bring a gun to school tomorrow. Such is the logic of the people running our public schools. So they farm the school resource officers out. Well, I know this will shock you. Being a law and order person like you are, you wouldn't be listening to my show. The number of fights has increased since they took school resource officers out of schools. Uh, 
8,950 fights in Columbus City Schools in the school year 2019. Uh, 9,600, 700 more in 2020. Guns in schools, 158 in 2019, 166 in 2020. How are we doing so far this year? This school year, not this calendar year. This school year, we've been in school since what? August, September, October, November, December, January. So we have February, March, April, May left. Our fights are at 5,630. We've had some shutdowns for COVID, for Omicron. Our guns are up over last year by one, with several months still to go. Uh, This is why Chris Ward, the district's director of safety and security, at a recent Columbus school board meeting, last night, in fact, said, we need our school resource officers back. There's a piece that's missing. We say we're all in this together, and that's got to include law enforcement. And then Mr. Ward said something very strange. He said, I'm taking a risk saying what I'm saying. Why is he taking a risk? Saying what is clearly evident to all, that the schools where they have thousands of fights and hundreds of guns confiscated, why would it be a risk for Mr. Ward to say that we need school resource officers back in schools? Well, because he knows that is not a popular opinion. He says, I'm looking at this data and I'm not happy with it. Nor should you be, Mr. Ward, nor should you be. Because guns in schools and fights in schools, it's a bad combination. Because when people are amped up by a physical altercation and they have a gun, that's when bad things happen. Things that lead to the kind of headlines that we don't want to see. I was at my high school alma mater last night. They had a school shooting there in little old backwater rural Ohio a few years ago. And no one in that community could believe that that happened in their school. But it did, because a young man who was troubled brought a gun to school and then reacted like you hope no child will ever react. And it could have been worse. He shot one student, but that student reacted in such an amazingly grace-filled way, and a quick-acting teacher kept anybody from losing their life. So... School resource officers are trained for that. My alma mater got very, very lucky that day. God was watching out for them. But school resource officers should be in every Columbus City school.